Welcome back to Enter the Asylum, a podcast for two brothers. Watch, uh, or at least try to watch, 200 films of the asylum. Around that, you at least. You didn't tell me there were 200. It's over 200 even by now. You didn't tell me there were over 200. <laughs> I think the total is like 232, if I remember correctly. Oh my god. Uh, Okay. I'm your bloodthirsty host. I'm your bloodthirsty host, Benjamin. I'm your bloodhosty thirst, John. Beautiful. How was your week, John? Uh, busy. I worked a lot. Nothing to speak of. How was your week? Mm, I spent some time learning a bit about Leg Scott, uh, our current director and writer for the past like uh, four films we've seen, including this one we watched today, Dracula's yes, Curse. Who- who is this mysterious Mr. Scott? Well, okay, so I was just curious. I was just I just looked him up uh, on the internet, internet rather, uh, and I came across his YouTube channel, and um, it was kind of weird. It's like that's strange. There's a bunch of these like weird self-made political ads. Are you sure? Now are we sure it's the, it's the same Lay Scott? Yes, I did multi <laughs> a ton of fact checking about this to make sure okay. it's the same person, same face, and everything. So yeah. okay. Um, also, his the work the credits the credits he has is in the IMD page or whatever. He's probably very proud of the rook he's done for the asylum. <laughs> oh, it's it's a little weird, actually. Oh. So I don't know anything about this. So you're you're gonna have to tell me. All right, I'll do my best to relay my the events of which I discovered things. So I found you're a bunch saying of weird... this as if you like you know uncovered some horrible secret. I'm I'm very. He tense seems like right he's now. he's treating a little bit like a secret how he talks about it though. Oh dear. But um. So a bu- there was a bunch of weird political ads he made that are anti Hillary and pro Trump during like the 2016 election. Okay. And so it's like that's a little weird. I was like okay. And then I saw his latest video, which is him sponsoring him. He made an Indiegogo campaign called the baron trump adventures <gasps> oh my god so do you yo. know anything about this the... well i know who baron trump is hmm. uh he's the he's the little he's the little kid the 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 son of donald trump but the but not but not the beavis and butthead looking you know don and eric trump the the really stupid ones with the weird faces he's the he's the little kid Yes. Um, so apparently, there's this book called "The Adventures of Baron Trump," which came, which was the 1900s. It came out then. I think maybe it might have been 1800s either. I probably should have checked that. But um, it's, wait, it's set in the 1900s. Yeah, yeah, it came out way before any Trump, any Trump person. Oh, alive. so this this predates the the, the Trump family. Yes, basically. but it has all sort of all these sorts of eerie predictions related to the the present, which you know people sort of made up and threw at or whatever. Oh, no. so people are like treating it as like the Nostradamus. Yeah, like this know. is the this is the text. This is that, a, and, the and Holy all... Bible. Oh my god, I didn't know about this. Not really. It's not really that well known. But um so he wants to make this movie. <laughs> uh it got it failed horribly. It raised nine thousand two hundred sixty three dollars out of a hundred thousand. Wait, I'm sorry. He made how much? $9,263. dollars He couldn't 000. even get Koch brothers funding for this thing? No. Um, he his the video he makes as well is absurd because he's like, now uh, people in Hollywood will you know freak out so uh, don't share this around but uh, I'm actually a Republican uh, 
Hollywood people aren't going to like it when people hear this, but... Uh, because you know. no Republican has ever come out of Hollywood. It's not as if, like, you know, like, two of the last, like, you know, four uh, uh, Republican presidents we've had came out of the celebrity culture of Hollywood. Not at all. So I was like, yeah, this is pretty weird. Oh, he's done another Indiegogo campaign? Let's check that out. So I checked that out, and it, then he made... Or was trying to make rather. I still can't get over that. He only made nine thousand dollars. Oh, it, like, it, it gets just as bad. So, so then he tried to make a film called uh, Luminous, which is a narrative feature film about the conspiracy scandal referred as Pizzagate. Oh my God, he's a Pizzagate guy. Yes. Oh my God. Now it's not a documentary. Yes. It's not a documentary. It is a oh narrative feature God, film. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Now I was I was I was literally about to make a joke like oh because when you said the accused like he's he's a super mega like uh, Trump supporter and whatnot I was gonna joke jokingly ask if he was a PizzaGate guy oh that's beautiful oh my god so okay I want you to guess how much money this this uh, Indiegogo campaign made I'm gonna guess it made six hundred and sixty six dollars no it made three hundred thirty five dollars out of a two hundred thousand dollar goal. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing that's beautiful what a what a beautiful loser this man is oh my <laughs> it god gets, it gets better all right oh my god how could it get better get ready so then after both of these failed he then <sighs> attempted in the most recent california election to become unison uh, a u.s senator of california uh, oh, so like in ran. a primary? Yes. Oh, my God. I think I saw his name on the ballot. Mm. But I didn't know who he was back then. He was running against Dianne Feinstein and Kevin DeLeon yes. and whoever the Republican was. Oh, my God. I'm... And what was his platform? Just Pizzagate? <laughs> no, his platform was basically to get him, at the very least, into the election. Just like in like the basic, like being in, on the voter ballot or whatever. Just being on the oh my god, that's beautiful. Now the attempt is not even to get elected, but was to then uh, go over to uh, Hawaii, get a court in Hawaii, and then sue California uh, for the fact that California elections are apparently like horribly balanced towards Democratic. That's stupid. I'm but... just gonna I'm gonna send you the link over Skype actually to his campaign. Uh, ad. <laughs> I'm totally gonna uh, oh yes please please. It sucks. It's awful. It's really funny when you see like the the like the weird candidates on the California ballot. I actually just grabbed the um, uh, the the my little sample ballot election guide off my bookshelf here. Um, so if you want to know some of the, like the 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 cranks, because basically, so I'm in LA. It's like you know very heavily like you know Democrat, um, but like once in a while some like crank like libertarian or like you know quote unquote independent uh, you know guy will like run uh, against like a sure thing. Um, but so for instance, to give you kind of a taste of like you know what you can expect out of these people. So for Los Angeles County Assessor, we have two choices here. We have the um, the incumbent, um, not a party, not a party affiliated uh, position, but the incumbent is a man named Jeffrey Prang, and his opponent is a man named John Lower Taxes Low. <laughs> I wonder what his platform is. I couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay, so I've gotten this link from yes, you for uh, Lay just... Scott for U.S. Senate in California. Shall I play this now? Yeah, can... do it. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why is... What? Miley Cyrus isn't that old. <laughs> You're going for the same sort of uh, reactions I had, I can see. Like, Diane Feinstein isn't even, like, the oldest, like, incumbent in the Senate. Was that a picture of Alex Jones? Mm-hmm. Oh. He's, you know, the secret ops. Oh, my God, it was Ben Shapiro. And and Taylor Swift is a sleeper age. What? <laughs> what? Right? What? What is that? What do you mean by that? Oh, oh it's Green Hills. It's it's, it's beautiful. What? what uh... Uh, no, you don't steal one back. That's the, oh my god. <laughs> and what's this Fast and the Furious text? It's so what edgy is... and cool, though, right? No, it, it's it's dorky and and lame and edgy. No, no, he called himself f- an epic troller. You see, he's he's so cool and definitely not a fourteen year old. But but it's not trolling if it's if it's if he's if he's being sincere about it, which I think he is. Also, I mean, the Republicans are a viable party in California. I hate to tell him this, but you know. Jesus Christ. It's not most of these races don't wind up as Democrat versus Democrat. It was actually kind of a surprise because the way it works in California is the primary happens and the top two vote getters from the primary advance the general election, regardless of party affiliation. So in the case of the Senate race, uh between um it wound up being between Diane Feinstein and Kevin DeLeon, who both happen to be Democrats. Um Kevin DeLeon's on a more on a farther left platform uh than Diane Feinstein. Um and that was, you know, representative of you know what like most people in california want um it's sort of you know centrist democrat versus a more leftist democrat but there but that's unusual most of the races are democrat versus republican like the governor's race is a democrat versus a republican so it's not a fixed thing so I'm reading through the Baron Trump Adventures, and one of the things is, one of the little, like, perks for reason why he wants to make this is, it's simple. Introduce this madness to the general population. Turn Baron Trump into a fancy icon, like Harry Potter, Dorothy, Gale, or Alice. Come to think of it, wouldn't it be nice if there was a boy in one of these stories? You you just listed Harry Potter! What are you talking about? You just listed Harry Potter right there! You know... Oh my God! I bet you, I bet you, in this Me Too era, he's he's one of these kind of like men are under attack. People are at war with men. We <laughs> oh, need male is. representation. Sure. I guarantee. I bet you. I bet you, he's one of these guys. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm also a Trump supporter, but sh- don't tell anyone here in Hollywood. I fear for my safety. Of course you do. I am attacked. I am victimized. I am victim. Well, I mean, that is the conservative platform. I am a victim is just the entirety of the conservative platform. I mean, this guy's never done anything successful, I'll be honest. I'm just going to say right now. That's where most Hollywood conservatives <laughs> come from, actually. Most Hollywood conservatives start out from having, like, a miserable string of failures. Well, I mean, okay, let me back that up. 
almost everyone in Hollywood starts out <laughs> with a miserable string of failures. Oh no, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, serious sure. about this. Like, That's you know, fine. like to be like a comic, you have to go through like you know years of like you know failure and misery and whatnot to be an actor. You know, I mean, it's it's the Greg Sestero story. It's you know, I mean, it's it's everything. You know, every actor goes through this. Every uh, comedian goes through this. Uh, probably most of just the people who work you know technical stuff in Hollywood go through this. You know, set designers, uh, camera people, writers, everything. But most Hollywood conservatives go through that failure uh, stage and then internalize as the system's against me. Everyone's against me. And it's because of my political beliefs. Like, that's that's always the place where they go. They don't go to, you know, they don't do what normal people do, which is um, either cry and give up or, or cry, but just suffer through it and you know until you get that big break um you know but no hollywood conservatives always make it about you know the reason for my failures is because the system is against me for my political beliefs yeah is he he says all these really obnoxious things where it's like i love he says i've skimmed the books and know he's a great story here i skimmed the (laughs) (laughs) books <laughs> oh my god! I love I I I'm torn between where I'm to like love this guy or or oh my god, that's amazing. I mean, he's like a what 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 an what an adorable loser this man is. Holy shit! I mean, <laughs> oh Look, my god! Like, if you. So do you think he'll? So do you think if he listens to this podcast, he'll do a writing campaign against oh, us? Oh, I wish. But if you're a 46 year old man, you're not. You're not allowed to say the word troll. I'm just gonna say right now. I'm you. Know, I'm gonna agree with this. I'm gonna agree with this. But also partly because uh, most 46 year olds don't know what that means. Like, plus the idea of turning this into a movie that people can't ignore is trolling on another level. It's not trolling if you're sincere about it. Yeah, and also. If you're raising money for it, that's not trolling. Like, if, if people are actually giving you money to do something... It's an epic troll, though. No, We're going to take not. back the word troll. It's only a troll if you don't actually intend to make the movie. And if that's the case, you could get sued because you've taken people's money claiming to do something that you have no intention of doing. That's the only way in which it would be trolling and you would that would be illegal i also helped launch the la-based production company the asylum you know the guys who made sharknado which he wasn't even a part of he left it <laughs> you know that. you know the guys who made that that the one thing we're known for which <laughs> i had nothing to do with <laughs> yeah that's me i made good movies and bad ones but they're always entertaining at some level yes you, even you, my 2007 you, wait, wait, film I, 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 I'm sorry. Could we, could we could we could we back up i've made good one i've made good ones and bad ones i've made good movies and bad movies i've made good blank and bad movies i made good something but it's not a movie <laughs> i've i was i came across like also like a um a interview with him and he they always i think every person i've seen i've seen talk for the asylum always says the same thing which is yeah there's even things like transmorphers where we rip stuff up they're always more original than the current uh you know garbage the hollywood currently produces um would you rather watch beautiful... transmorphers or uh twilight <laughs> am i right 
the the beautiful thing about the asylum is it somehow manages to be less original than ho- than than, <laughs> the, than Hollywood, the mainstream Hollywood studio system right now, which is really saying something. It's it's like I've said, the asylum is a toxic byproduct of the Hollywood studio system. It simultaneously claims to be independent of it while being very intimately tied to its every move and byproduct. It is itself a byproduct of that system. All right. And so with that, shall we get into Lake Scott's uh, Bram Stoker? Bram Stoker's Dracula's Lake Scott film. This one was... um, Okay. This one was like a... This is one of his favorite films, by the way. Oh, I I believe it. I believe it. You could tell he's very pr- he, he was very proud of this um, just from watching the movie. This was very much like watching those original sci-fi TV series, and I realize the Asylum has made a bunch of those sci-fi movies, including the Sharknado series. Hmm. Um, but this predates that, and it very much had that same feel of like we're trying to do fantasy. And we're trying to make it sort of updated for the times and hip and cool, but it's really, really, really lame. It's so lame. I guess we should start talking about it now, I guess. I guess. This movie begins with the word prologue. It has, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> it, it's broken up into chapters. You know what this, you know, okay, do you know what this movie was? Yeah, this movie was watching fan fiction. <laughs> Dracula fan fiction. Had, as someone who has dabbled in fan fiction, I know a thing or two about it. But yeah, this was very much like watching fan fiction because there's a prologue and then there's chapters. There's six in total, but much like fan fiction, the chapters were of inconsistent length. Yes, like sometimes they consisted of a quarter of the movie. Other times <laughs> they consisted of exactly. Minutes one scene um and and they all appear on screen again in a movie that's only an hour and a half long (laughs) they all appear on screen prologue with this like flash of red light emanating from the word and then chapter one the names of the chapters felt very fan fictiony um all of the dialogue felt extremely fan fiction they're all they're all these stupid one-liners that are terrible that just do not land um the overemphasis on exposition the insane degrees of exposition and this film is 90 percent exposition actually this movie it's is only yeah, exposition ni- really this movie is 95 percent exposition and five percent terribly choreographed fight scenes um <laughs> it's um remarkable all of the characters are no, I'm, I'm 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 like it, it was just watching fan fiction hmm. that's all this was it was watching fan fiction it was remarkable well it was april 30th the purgish night and, the purgish uh, night and we see eight people with guns in elevator uh, who are all apparently vampire hunters uh they just sort of exit we get in our bit monologue said, It is said that on this night the forces of evil will get a pass. We get something get a quick flash of like a, a vampire randomly. Why April thirtieth too? Why not like October thirty first? Yeah, uh I guess it's related to the real event, which I couldn't find anything about, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean like April thirtieth, it's like that's spring, it's like summer's coming, it's you know, it's a it's a joyful time. It's it's you know, life and abundance. 
Yeah, this film sort of starts off with a bunch of sort of like, you know, it's a bunch of badasses with guns and they all they're all like it, they, they're all trying to hunt down a vampire, but they see two of them fight the vampire, so it's like So they're in like a warehouse and yeah, they're like tracking down these vampires and the movie seems to believe that these people are cool. <laughs> Quotation marks on that cool there. Yeah, they're not. Also, um they the, the, it, you really dropped into it, like as if you're supposed to know and like care about these characters. Well, it's the prologue, like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, but like it has the feeling. It ha- it very much felt like a franchise thing, where like sure. it really felt like watching like something that was like made for TV, something that was like a sequel to something, or like or it's a, it was an episode in an ongoing series, where it's like am I supposed to know who these people are? Because like, they're like dropped in and are supposed to have like defining characteristics and like, you know, attitude and whatnot. And they crack little one liners. And I'm like, I don't know who any of you fuckers are. I'll cut for time. (laughs) (laughs) All of it was cut for time. This film was three hours long. (laughs) Cut down. I would, I would believe it. I would believe it. So actually, no. Oh. It's the asylum. <laughs> it's the asylum. It's the asylum. Everything is a budget of ten dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, if anything, I'm I'm amazed this thing cracked an hour and a half because yeah, it's been a little while, hasn't it? I so we yeah, we've not time. had a movie in a while that made the ninety minute mark. The last one was like what? Evil Eyes, maybe. I can't even remember. Mm. It probably was Evil Eyes, and that wasn't even from the asylum's little slate of directors. No, that was that was a bit weirder. That was a bit more artistic. Yeah. Man, what a good film Evil Eyes was. <laughs> what a great <laughs> film that was. <laughs> uh, is that how low our bar is? It's so high, though. Our bar is so high. <laughs> so high. Um, so they all split up. Two of them find some vampires in a coffin. They fight them. We've got, we got some lovely schlocky sound effects of fighting. Where it's like, you know, psh, pa, psh, rat, tat, tat, tat. Uh-oh. Etc. Another thing this movie wants us to believe is that these people are good at hand-to-hand combat. Oh, they are though, um, because they—I uh, don't know—they mm, can grab someone's fist and sort of move it around a bit. Yeah, they're I very don't know. good at fighting. They are terrible fighters, and they get taken by surprise way too easily. Like they open up a um, a vampire's crypt in order to kill him, and they like wait too long, and another vampire like slowly rises out of a crypt behind them. They didn't know that crypt, them from like behind. seriously. And they didn't know that crypt, like, like the whole thing about vampire hunters in in the lore, like if you've seen like Van Helsing or in these movies, is that also did this come out around the same time as Van Helsing? Uh, it was two thousand six. So I'm not 100% I'd have sure. to look up when Van Helsing gets back, but that feels about right. Um, but um, it, it, the whole thing about vampire lore, uh, vampire uh, about in the lore, vampire hunters, is that like they don't get taken by surprise. Like they're supposed to anticipate everything a vampire will do. Um, it's almost like trying to hunt them or something. And maybe getting almost, grabbed by a vampire means you're not a very good hunter because then you'll probably can- die real fast. There keep being these little ideas dropped about the lore of vampire hunters that like sounded intriguing but were not explored upon. Like the idea that like to be a vampire hunter you have to be as 
emotionless as vampires, basically. Like, you have to, like, you have to basically dehumanize yourself in some way. And Well, this, like, film, I, I, this film follows one of the core tenets of all sort of script writing, which is uh, tell, don't show. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, yeah. As, as we as we were all taught in our compository writing classes, tell don't show. Um, but yeah, like that idea was dropped in slightly less poetic terms than I put it in just now. And I was just like, okay, that could be kind of an interesting idea. You know, you sort of you know demonstrate that um, to fight these non-humans, you yourself must you know sort of lose your humanity. But it's not picked up after that no. it's it's it has no bearing whatsoever on the portrayal of these characters or the plot also the vampires have green blood for some reason and it looks awful why why it looks terrible it, actually i do know why it's just for that one moment later on the movie oh, that when, one when yeah one the one moment where they accidentally a kill payback. a human and she looks to see the blood's red and it's like oh fuck whoops Oops! Yeah, oops! Indeed, that's they, really that. that yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the gravity which which the movie treats it is oops. <laughs> oops! This whole this whole film's oops. But um, so after they feed the little two like I guess lesser vampires, uh, the big boss vampire pops up. They get some real funny witty banter happens, uh, which I cannot which remember because it's all super Sorry. forgettable. Which one's the big boss vampire? Uh, is he the pale guy who keeps showing up over and over again? In the no, movie? he's the large black man who got killed in this scene. Oh, that guy. Yeah. The guy who they were trying to, to assassinate, yes. Yeah. Bla- black vampire who is literally the only black guy in this entire movie. Yeah. He's a big boss vampire. But uh, uh, he gets killed immediately. I just I just recalled something. Mm-hmm. Given Lay Scott's uh, political leanings, I couldn't help but notice that that bar, we're, we're not there yet. But what, the bar? bar? The bar? Huh? You mean the, the bar? The, the bar? The oh, the flag the, the flags? With what the Confederate flags. About? I don't remember this at all. The... <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't worry. Or like people with a ludicrous <laughs> amount of guns. Perhaps this might have something to, perhaps this might reflect his political uh, views mm. in mm. some way. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he, he no he he's just man he just respects the southern heritage that's mm, all yep for sure uh so they it's this weird scene so that, what uh our main guy which name is rufus uh he shoots hit, okay can, can i ask something rufus did you have tr- did you ever have trouble telling the male characters in this movie apart well no because their guy was um what Rhett gills which is the dude who's who's in all the other silent films he is, but I mean, I swear to God, they have like the They're same facial similar. structure, and they all have the exact same haircut. Exact same I, problem like, I had. I had a really yeah. hard time telling them apart. It was the exact same problem I had with the, t- the same two actors, I think, in uh, Land I, of the Lost. I think so. Yeah, I think. I think. Or yeah. King of the Lost World, rather. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Land of the Lost was that? Yeah, that Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, King of the Lost World. I. They might be the same actors, but it's pretty much the exact same sort of uh, character. At least one of them is one of the same. Oh yeah, well, uh, possibly both of them. Which is Van Helsing. Rekiel's Van Helsing in this film. But yeah, they're dressed in like the same clothes. They like they have that like you know kind of cloak jacket kind of look to it, and then they like you know, and then they've got and then they got the same haircut, the same slightly slick back hair, and pretty similar faces. <laughs> so Re- um, I mean, the guy's name. Uh, Rufus. Who cares? <laughs> Rufus shoots him, and he's like, "That didn't hurt at all." And then, uh, his the main love interest, which name is uh, what? is Rufus? Is Rufus the guy who's a descendant of Van Helsing, or is he the other guy? 
Rufus? No, uh, uh, Rekgills is. I I don't oh I don't know his name. Oh I no, Rhett Gills is the actor who is he's just Helsing. No no no, but I mean, okay. So is Rufus? So Rufus, Rufus is King the other guy. is the other guy who's the main dude. And with it, well they're both. Well they're both kind of the main dude, which makes this all the more confusing. One's more the main dude than the other main dude, though. Um. So I had trouble telling them apart. So <laughs> I'll help you out. I had I had a relatively easy time figuring who's who. Like like I mean I could. I, I don't want to give away the, the, the twist at the end. Oh, the big twist, but we'll get there. Okay, so yeah. uh, Christina, which is the other person that he's with, then shoots uh, the vampire again, but sometimes that bolt, those bolts work at that point, and he They just shoot them with regular guns. Well, it's fine. He ends up being fine. He's got shot by guns, and he's a vampire, but then he's like immediately stake in the heart. So, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I guess the idea is that guns slow them down. They do yeah, explain yeah. this at some point in the movie. It still felt like a cop-out to me. Yeah, so the group then, uh, well, groups back together. Uh, but it's confronted by three men in suits uh, who want them all to uh, meet the council uh, because the guy they just killed was apparently part of it. This is where we get heavy into the vampire lore. Yeah, and I like how Satan is just a member of the council, too. I love that there's a guy just... just with makeup like the devil <laughs> he's just and he's saying. got horns he's just... and he's not even the main guy no. on the council he's just one of the guys there i i was i was even having trouble being like are, is this actually satan or because he's just there he's just there he's just there yeah he so... has almost no speaking lines until like one scene in the movie and then there's a nosferatu looking motherfucker who's also on the council and then there's a um he looks like uh um uh, Hyde from uh, Jekyll and Hyde. He's got the top hat yes, yes. and the crazy long white so, hair. So Rufus King, our main man, meets with the vampire leader called the Old One, who is played by Leg Scott, actually. <laughs> so I really like also the woman who's the maid there is wearing like a very obvious uh, $20 maid costume. <laughs> like the, the the heavy plastic. Yeah, sort no, of. no. She just went. She just went to the spirit to, to the spirit store in October and got the sexy maid uh, outfits, and that's it. That's because the asylum. You know, they probably don't even pay for the actors' costumes. They probably make them buy their own. Mm. So the old one wishes to strike a deal for Rufus, stating that vampires won't kill any more humans as long as people don't kill vampires, which seems a pretty yeah. pretty reasonable deal. All things so these considered. Guys are suck at fighting even though the movie would have us believe otherwise apparently killed so many vampires that the vampires called a truce mm. but everyone on the human side is basically like we should just kill them all anyway though I mean we've already killed 10% of their population that's an oddly <laughs> specific number too how, how do they even know that uh, they calculated what's what they said also so. these are the good guys yeah. and they want to commit and, and so like obviously the leader of the vampire hunters agrees to the truce but the but the drive but but ultimately it's sort of the the push for genocide of vampires that uh kind of wins out yeah, that is the that weird. is the philosophy that that is shown to be the winning philosophy the good thing to do towards the end of the movie um are we to take this as indicative of uh some of lay scott's political uh, leanings uh, are, well, vampi- uh, are yeah. vampires a metaphor for something perhaps 
So then one of the women there who was... I'm just asking was, oh. questions. <laughs> sure. I'm just asking questions. These are good questions to ask, actually. But, um... We've opened this bag of words. I love, I love that now. I just realized Lay Scott has replaced David Michael Lass. Yes, as he's our chief villain. the main antagonist of the Enter the Asylum podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. Uh, he leaves later on, though, so you know. But um. Oh well, we'll, we'll enjoy it while you have it. Yes. So, uh, the main love interest and the main character, basically as well. Um, Jenna, Jana, Gina. Who cares? Gracie, rather. Right. Uh, Gracie says, maybe it's time we finally have a normal life. And then the other one basically just says, uh, that's stupid. You're drunk. And then she that's gets, stupid. You're drunk. She said the most sober thing in the world. Maybe it's time we finally live a normal life. Man, you're so drunk. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what a drunk person says. And then she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. And then she's like, well, no, nothing no, no, was... No, she- Oh, <laughs> no, she did mean it like that. She did mean it like that. Oh my god! And then so, um, she then replies back to her saying like, "Well, even if everything does change, you'll still be a stuck-up bitch." I'm like, oh <laughs> snap! Again, one-liners that just fall completely flat. So then we see that um, both Rufus and uh, Gracie. I keep forgetting her name. Uh, are in some sort of love relationship. They there's sexual tension, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah, and then so she's like, everything's gonna be finally perfect now, which you know, they're someone's probably gonna die when you say that word. But uh, and there's know. this weird motion they make where they she goes. Oh, it's weird. In, she goes in to lean against him, and she like like turns her head to the side, and Rufus sort of like sticks his chin out and sort of rubs it against the side of her head but then sort of retreats and looks really uncomfortable and it looks it doesn't look like a planned out action it looks very involuntary and, and... was weird because they're gonna about a kiss and then he says what like everything everything's finally changed and then she gets all pissy and angry and run, runs off basically he, he he basically says like nah I can't Sort of. <laughs> he doesn't actually state he, that, though. He does actually say it in that many words, but the implication is there, I guess. I don't know. Prologue over. Now it's chapter one, five years later. And here's something about the prologue. Literally everything that happened in a prologue is reiterated well, later <laughs> in the movie. It might as well have happened yesterday for the plot of this film. Which is very true, of prologues in fan fiction, mm. actually, because I remember, like, when I dabbled in fan fiction, this is back when I was like uh, in college, but um, I was a dork. But like, I would like critique <laughs> right. like other people's fan fiction, and one of the things, yeah, as if I never stopped being a dork. I'm only just doing a podcast about you know shitty. Hey man, we're uh, all dorks movies. here. Dorks are cool now, dorks. right? Um, but um, <laughs> but I remember when when critique i often had for like when people asked me to proofread their their stories is like people would put in these prologues that were completely unnecessary and i would tell them like you know your prologue should add something to the story and if not just call it chapter one like if there's no you know like if you know just have it be chapter one 
or just don't have it, period. Like, there has to be a really good reason to have a prologue. And this is a perfect example of that. It's like, it, I don't know, maybe something about the word prologue looks fancy to people. So they're like, ah, this is an elevated story. I mean, like, even the fact probably, that this movie yeah, is broken likely. down into... The fact that this movie is broken into chapters suggests that, like, Leigh Scott was like, ah, see, this is the mark of an elevated story, that it has chapters, it has a structure. Even if the structure doesn't make actually make any sense, it has a structure. But, like, but everything that happens, all the big things that happen in the prologue are reiterated over and over again in the rest of the movie to the point because the rest of the movie takes place five years later, to the point where it made the prologue completely unnecessary. Like, the fact that, like, oh, vampire hunters fought against vampires, and then there was a truce because the vampire hunters were really good, and so there's a council that did the truce with the vampire hunters, and and then these two had a little falling out, uh, uh, you know, after they, you know, stopped hunting vampires. Like, all of that is reiterated in detail later on in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's basic. The whole prologue, again, is more or less, I don't know, what does it actually accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. It's just there to fill in time. Uh, I guess it's explain there what the whole to... pact thing is, the whole, like, deal. And it's there to have this badass action scene to start off with, which is, again, is terrible. <laughs> And you won't see an air one to the very end of this film either. It's a lot of like close-ups of like punch, karate chop, kick, kick, and then quick cut so that you can't see it not land. So yeah, five years later now, uh, we see some vampires and at a bar, which they all find disgusting. There's some general sort of vampire drama happens. One of the clans doesn't want to be part of the pact anymore. And that's all that really happens. Right, one of the vampire clans goes rogue. Yeah, and that's the movie. <laughs> so then we cut some, uh, some like uh, to a couple sleeping in their beds. As Vampire comes, just whispering to the woman whose name's Christina, and a bunch of silent bullshit happens. Where the usual like you know make out uh, evil vampire scene, and all silent. Well, films. here, okay. So this is the thing: is that some of the the makeouts have is stupid, but like, but. But there is vampire lore is wrought with eroticism. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's not the it's whole not that notion. big of a deal, but <laughs> right, right. So, like, so actually, it. it's more forgivable in this movie than most asylum films because the whole thing of like, especially like a vampire like biting down on like a woman's neck to draw blood, mm. like that is there. There is a lot of erotic, you know innuation in that that little motif specifically like it's it's you know and if it happens at night and you know they're they're creatures of you know of, of sin and darkness like it's it's you know eroticism is is very much a part of vampire lore so yeah it's the whole fair thing enough with, yeah 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 actually <laughs> i feel like they missed an opportunity here because there seemed to be a sort of implication that she was paralyzed while the two of the vampire vampire chicks were like kind of circling her and like kind of you know tasting tasting her neck nibbling on her neck a bit um like you had a good chance to sort of offer an explanation for night terrors like you mm. know 
the whole thing where people like wake up in you know their bed and they're paralyzed and they see demons or aliens or something there i you know that would actually been an interesting way to be like here's an explanation for it. vampires actually have paralyzed you and now you're 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 stuck motionless except they're not entirely paralyzed they can kind of jolt their arm upward at certain moments it's pretty inconsistent yeah so the vampires then kidnap this dude's fiance uh and then cuts like later in the night where then rufus suddenly appears out of nowhere when you know what happened last night this is kind of a weird creepo like that yeah uh and he's a vampire i'll give it to him he's he's a vampire hunter i'll let him have it so yeah so the so the uh the the <laughs> not husband but boyfriend the girl that I kidnapped um uh who i believe his name was rick uh wants to tag along with rufus to figure out what's going on he's he's a nobody yeah he's he a is. complete nobody <laughs> and he's like i need to find my girlfriend and rufus is like okay but you have to understand something he's just be, be like no fuck no you have no idea what you're dealing with here absolutely not go home let me yeah. deal with this i'll get your girlfriend back but let me deal with this so he explains that vampires are like the mafia too it's like that's fair right right so he actually brings him along to a meet to to meet the council to confront them about the fact that like vampires are apparently hunting humans again um but he brings the the door the boyfriend along who actually kind of looked a little bit like Keanu Reeves to me, <laughs> um, but he was even worse of an actor. But like he totally looked like he was going for that Matrix, like whoa, like look to him. Um, it was weird. Um, but yeah, just complete loser, nothing dork, just tagging along, who you know gets kind of uppity, you know, at certain moments. But he's he's absolutely worthless, and disguise bring him along to meet vampires. And be like, yeah, we'll find your girlfriend. Yeah, so he he comes along. They go to like some vampire hideout location to find more info. The guy there says that all the vampires that uh, kidnapped her all had the mark of Dracula. Um, right. No one says Dracula. It's they Dracula. say Dracula. Uh, and the leader <laughs> of the group is uh, is named the Countess, who was apparently a proche of Dracula or Dracula. <sighs> Dracula, yeah. No, no, not Dracula. Dracula. Though I think sometimes they what? do, in fact, say Dracula, though. It's somewhat inconsistent. I, th- I think someone accidentally says Dracula, and they <laughs> forgot to they forgot to, to, to do it. I, I don't know. Take. That might be, like, the proper pronunciation of it. I don't know, but... That is it how sounds it's spelled, dumb, but so that's, it sounds stupid. <laughs> it sounds stupid. Dude, that Again, sure is like, Dracula. Like having the chapters break up the movie it's kind of like oh this makes it seem elevated in some way mm. it's not dracula it's not it's not that bullshit story you've heard this is dracula yeah so after that we then cut to a bar this scenes this whole film's a lot of cutting to different scenes but uh we cut to another bar where two of the old hunters from earlier who are no longer part of the group anymore because it got disbanded uh, is this the bar with the confederate flags or is this a different, oh, it's a different bar? bar uh different bar grace okay. uh might be the same bar but the, the flag is not there yet um so gracie's chilling it and she meets with uh, her sister abigail uh who is worried about something really anxious and is like gracie you gotta join up with the hunters again something bad's gonna happen gracie's all like i've given up that part of me i'm i live a quiet <laughs> life now hanging out in bars hmm 
And then, so, yeah, that, that scene's over. Then we cut to back to Rufus, and I think, I'm, again, his name's I'm sorry, she's hanging, out, she's hanging out in a bar, which implies, in a movie, that implies that she's depressed. I mean, clearly, the implication oh, is she that is, she's depressed, I guess. she's drinking. We're five years later. Has she been hanging out in bars this entire time? Yeah, because she's really anxious about becoming a vampire. Is her liver okay? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> the good news is that she also has a necklace of Dracula, which doesn't really go She's just anywhere. been in that one bar all, like, for the last five years. Like, come on, girl. Like, you know, heartbreak sucks, yeah, but, but five years. They have a, a weird line in there, which is, so she's wearing the, the necklace of Dracula. And yeah. um, she's like, he's a really misunderstood guy. And then Abigail then says, so is Mussolini. That, that was, that made no sense. And yeah, <laughs> that was very weird. It's a very weird thing to say. Um, was he misunderstood? What's the, what's the line again? Uh, So... Uh, Gracie says Dracula was misunderstood. And the Abigail says so was Mussolini. Um, so are we? Well, Mussolini was of course a political figure, and Lay Scott has an interest in politics. Um, are we to ascertain something from this? Yeah. <laughs> was was uh perhaps some uh some far right uh leanings perhaps oh, uh, i don't know some 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 adoration for a you know powerful flamboyant figure who, you know all uh, i'm saying is a bit, it's a bit to, of a weird promise, line promise to take his country back to glorious more glorious days uh a band who admired military might perhaps you know mm. <laughs> uh so then we cut to a dude smoking hookah uh Who's an air vampire who Rufus is meeting? Is that the husband from the <clears throat> Exorcist movie we did? I don't the know. Actor? <laughs> no I idea. I think it's the same actor. I think it's the same actor. He wants more info about the Countess, but doesn't really get any. He just sort of gives him a stake because, like, you're probably they're probably gonna attack you now that I talk to you. And that sort of goes nowhere. I've, in, I've endangered your life, so have this. You're welcome. Yeah. And then, so then we come back to the old one who's having who gets a meeting with the Countess. And the old one is the one who looks like Hyde from Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and he's also late he's got the top. He's got the top hat and the stupid long white hair wig. And then she uses some dank, dark uh, vampire magic to kill him, and he dies. So that happened. She's now, like, I guess killed half the council. By the, I mean, that's like the last one she kills, right? Because she also killed off Nosferatu. And, yeah, and they're like they're Satan? like a they're like a couple or whatever. Satan? Question mark. That happens later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's later. That's oh, way later. Shit. Okay. That's like near the end of this film. Oh shit. So yeah, then the Rick the husbando, the boyfriend, uh, wants to join the hunters and save Christina, and so undergoes like a mind meld. And uh, there's this like vampire guy they're working with, who is part of the yeah, council. Yeah, he's, he's the pale guy in the suit from the beginning of the movie. He's sort of a yeah, yeah. He's like a council spokesman kind of dude who's right. sort of watching the hunters, make sure they don't do anything dumb. He's he's a messenger boy for vampires. How pathetic is that? Well, he's I think he's he's more he has a larger role. He does, but only at the he's very like end a secondhand man kind of guy. Yeah. So he delivers messages, but he delivers like top priority messages, I guess. But yeah. But he's still a messenger boy. So yeah, we find out that Christina is a pure blood and is a descendant of Dracula. Um and all and so the main goal is the count is trying to collect all these uh pure bloods that are remaining from the Dracula's like descendants. 
Yeah. Uh, to make to do something with them. They never explain what. Uh, they just make a vague allusion to they, they give her more power. So if she drinks the blood of all the pure blood, she will have all the power. Whatever that means. but uh, That's a, that, that's about as specific yeah. as it After gets. After hearing this, Rufus wants to get the team back together. Uh, he literally says, I'm going to get the band back yeah. together. <laughs> and so then the we, line is we then cut to a woman flat. who I presume is one of the pure bloods. Get kidnapped. All of these, all of these lines, by the way, all the lines of the vampire hunters are given so much build up. They're they're pumped up so oh, much. Yeah. Like you could tell, Lay Scott was really proud of these lines. He was like, he was writing this, and he was like, "I'm fucking killing it, man. I'm killing <laughs> it. This is gonna be so cool, so rad, dude. These are it's cool. So these cool. are cool Matrix vampire hunters. Oh, it's so cool, man. They got like." guns and they're wearing jackets and like it's so cool and then he turns to him and says i'm gonna get the band back together oh my god because <laughs> it was like in that movie the blues brothers movie it's so good and every single one of these one-liners just falls completely flat like yeah it's uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of sad actually so then we cut to one uh, so a random woman we have not met yet but uh Presumably she's one of the pure bloods and gets kidnapped by the countess. Then we get the best transition ever, which is when she gets kidnapped, <gasps> it then yes, it then sort of circles Beep. out into the next Beep. scene. Beep. It's like a, it's like a um, it's like a it's like a cartoon. It's um, it very much it, it felt a little Star Warsy at at, the, at that moment there. It's a really lovely like you know window. And that's movie it's transition. the only transition like that in the entire. It's movie. so weird. It can, comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. And it's the most goofiest transition, too. It's like it's the one you save for, like, oh, there was a comical moment. <laughs> so then, yeah, after that transition, we see Rufus and Helsing talk about stuff. And uh, that that's it. Chapter 2, an old friend. Helsing talks to a woman named Alex, who's a vampire. And they kiss for, like, whatever. Chapter 3, the hunters return. I mean, basically, so, yeah, so the Helsing guy and this old, this vampire lady, who I guess they mentioned she worked in Hollywood or something. Oh, no, in Paris, and, as, like, a, a, a star. She was part of the yeah, old Nickelodeons, was, don't you know? She was in an old Nickelodeon, and, like, and she was, she mentions, makes allusion to, and, and uh, this is another thing that Lascott, you could tell he was so fucking proud of doing this, of, of putting this line, this little reference. She mentions, like, oh, was I, like, was I in, like, you know, this movie, one of the, with the, with the, the one of the ones that the Wanders made? And he goes, no, no, it was this movie by this studio. And she's like, ah, oh, you're so smart. Not you could only tell are you a massive this... vampire hunter, but you know your history, too. You, you, a, you're a film historian, too. That is, this is, this is a male fantasy. She looks at, then she looks at the camera and says, I'm talking about you, Leg Scott, and winks. <laughs> this is a male fantasy on the part of Leigh Scott. He was a dork in film school, or, no, probably not even film school, maybe just some like you know like he took a class and he was like why don't women respect me for my knowledge of film <laughs> and so he wrote this line i i bet i bet you that's that's what this is um so the hunters return in chapter three whole gang is back but except gracie who's not there and uh some of them are angry about that where it's like man we don't we i wish gracie was here i'm out 
It's like, wait, just... was Gracie that integral of a character? Because they treat her Seemed like she was like it... she was the linchpin of the whole thing, and I'm like, um, I thought we you literally have what the hell a descendant of a hell saint, yeah, and this other guy who's like really damn good. Like, um, what the fuck did Gracie contribute? Apparently, to she this? trained a bunch of the people there, and hand and combat looks like. So they uh, uh, clearly she did an amazing job Such because like I said, these people are job. Such a good job. Stellar. Stellar. They're so good at hand to hand combat, they all use guns. And so this is this is asshole of the group. I think his name's like what? Jackie or whatever? Uh oh, the Jersey guy? Yeah. We you know he's like a you know, he's like a he has like a tie on all the time. Yeah, that's the Jersey guy. Okay. He, he's right. Wearing, he's from um, Jersey, right? I thought he looks like he he looks like he looks like John Krasinski, a Jim from The Office. He's dressed up like him. He's got this like weird foppish black wig on, this little flop of hair that's like clearly not his hair, and then he's got like a dress shirt and like a like loose tie dangling from the collar and. He says he's from Jersey at one point, although his Jersey accent it's is not there. It's kind of weak. <laughs> it's kind of weak. It's 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 pretty bad. It's it's a pretty terrible impression. Like if you're gonna say in a movie like this, if you're gonna say you're from Jersey, you want to really fucking play that up. Mm. You want to like he probably he, he when he did his audition, he was probably like, oh yeah, I do a great Jersey accent, and they were like, awesome, you're in, and then he got on set, and they were and he did it, and it was terrible, and they were just like, meh, we'll work with yeah. This. So like the uh the 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 member of the council, like the the second hand man guy we talked about earlier, is there? He's like, man, this vampire. We just go murder him right now. Why aren't we killing this dude right now? It's like Jesus, dude. He's clearly currently on your side at this moment. And so then, so then, in, at a comeback, the right hand man vampire says, "The village called. They want their idiot back at him." It's such oh, a weak sick, line. dude. Oh, sick. Oh, shit, dude. I got shivers when I heard that line. <laughs> it's such a weak line. The vampires should have better lines than this. You know what I would want? I would want a reversal of the expectations. I want the vampires to be all, like, hip and classy and up on the modern trends. And all the vampire hunters are all, like, dated mm. and, <laughs> like, kind of stunted and like perhaps like kind of the, the, like harkening back to older th- like older styles and more like you know nostalgic sort of ladies I, w- I would want them to be kind of hipstery sort of thing you know just to sure. just to flip these expectations so yeah so when we cut back to hookah man instead instead in this movie the way you tell if someone's a vampire is if they're wearing eyeshadow and they have like a vague european accent nah really uh, they, that's pretty inconsistent mm. But uh, so then we cut back to Hookah Man, which honestly he doesn't even look like a vampire at all. But uh, uh, he got he gets bitten on the dick by some surprise attack vampires from the Countess. He's got group. like he's got a little harem of chicks who are I all guess. secretly like I don't know, undercover or whatever. I don't. They know. attack him, or they're just, or they're just party girls or something, just hanging out at his place. I don't know. They get attacked. Hookah Man uses that that um the steak he got from earlier kills them all. Gets gets sort of angry about it. Ties two of them up. Oh, yeah, one of them. We, they, the they have one hostage. In. So one of them are now yeah. hostage. So yeah, yeah. And we see Trixie, one of the vampire hunters, uh, try to convince Gracie to join back because she's like she's at like a gym punching a punching bag. She's like, I'm over this life. 
It's like, but tricks, but Gracie, you taught me everything. And then they like spar. And then Trixie gets immediately get clocked and knocked out. That's the scene. That's it. Chapter four, the trial. Oh god! Oh yeah, this is when we get a do- weedy, weedy boyfriend guy yeah, gets to gets be trained in how to be a vampire hunter. A hunter. And by trained, I mean get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. Helsing brings him for a rigorous sort of. For, uh, that was challenge. I I did ge- I did genuinely enjoy that moment because yeah. that guy was such a dork. It's and so and so 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 freaking entitled to be like. Like no, take me with you. After seeing vampires kidnap his girlfriend, it's just like you deserve to get punched in the face. Yeah, and we we have the scene too where the guy from Jersey's like explaining everyone's weapon loadout. And he, he's yeah, this so is awkward. like the. It's this is he's like yeah, trying to crack is... jokes, but he's like it's almost as if it's supposed to be awkward. No, it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a like the Ocean's Eleven scene where it's oh, like sure, sure. ah we got like you know Jimmy B he's good at this and then we got like Roxy over here she's really good at this and then we got like you know like, you it's know, like Ellie over here but it's, it's really things are oh well so Helsing uses these weapons he's kind of nice if, when you get to know him and uh oh Trixie uses weapons she's kind of crazy I don't know about her uh you know uh oh and then you Gracie, know Tex he's got like here, you know the AR-15s you know I don't really get why He's kind, of, he's kind of a maniac, but he's also really loves his dog. I thought I thought the dog was a boy, but it's, it's a girl, huh? Crazy about that. Anyway, over here, like you <laughs> it's know, so I got awkward. This. I'm from I'm from Jersey, and I use a shotgun. You know, it's it, uh, it's. And by the way, that's the only time we see that dog. Yeah, don't he, worry about the dog. He made a special point of mentioning that dog, and they made a special point of filming a little scene with that dog, with him kind of like you know tenderly you know feeding his dog, and then we never see that dog for the rest. Do you think of the, the dog movie. was the actor's real dog that was just on set at one point? They just sort of just I don't know threw him in there. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's possible. Maybe he's a production dog. Yeah. So then we cut after all of that sort of training scenes of Rick. Um. um he had, he's actually like stake one of the vampires they captured and yeah. he can't do it he can't do it because i mean you're basically trying to kill a person or whatever but you know again possibly interesting idea here the idea that you have to forego your own humanity in order to fight inhuman creatures but again they can't they can't build on this yeah, so then we cut to the main council where they Satan and the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Nosferatu guy? Yeah, and the Countess... Nosferatu! <laughs> the Countess is trying to get a seat in the council. The Countess, rather. Uh, in the council. Um, and she's so she's like trying to convince them to let her in. Apparently there's no woman allowed on the council for some reason. Ugh. Even though, like, I guess they state a bit... At, right after the scene, could we could we also read some political leanings into mm, this on, maybe. on the part of Lay Scott, perhaps? Maybe the <laughs> you know this explains a lot of Hillside Cannibals, actually, and that plot. When you think about it, you know, just saying. Uh, I am thinking about it, but I'm I'm failing to come up with anything. But give me a moment. I might I might I might get there. That sounds a little sexist, but whatever. <laughs> oh well, okay, very sexist. Okay, yeah, the domination <laughs> of 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 man over woman in its uh, primordial state, I suppose. Um, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. I see it. I see where you're going for there. 
Uh, well, we finally get some. Uh, so Helsing then tells Rick about Dracula, the tale of Dracula. No, I'm sorry, Dracula. Dracula, right? So uh, apparently, Dracula, Dracula, Dracula is Vlad, Vlad the Impaler. It's it's the same dude. Uh, right. Who met with an angel, and the angels like have these dank ass powers. But then Vlad was all like, "I'm gonna use these powers for evil," and he uses them for evil. And then he he uses his power he, he uses his dank ass powers to to kill people and conquer the land, which sort of begs the question: What did God even what, see in him? Well, it sort of begs the question: What were these powers for? If not, it's you know, little, otherwise, I don't know, it's a little weird, right? Then again, most most stories involving you know God are kind of like that. It's just kind of like have this cool ass shit. Don't do anything with it. Kill your kid. Huh, just just kidding. Don't kill your kid. You're good. <laughs> and so, but hey, you proved your loyalty. Dracula apparently had three wives, and as well as the protege, the countess. So, yeah, there were the f- only four people. That's the only people that Dracula he, ever turned that into he vampires. turned into yeah, vampires. Yeah. And all the all the, all the women turned everyone else into vampires. Yes. Uh, so that happens. So we know a bit more, and then we then cut to another pure blood getting explained her history. Uh, from the uh, second guy in command, they've seemed to have kidnapped a pure blood of their own. Is trying to like make her into a vampire before the countess does. Where does this movie take place? I have no idea. I have no clue. I, I don't even know what time period guess... this film takes place in. Well, I assume based on the weaponry, I assume it's modern times. Like it's just contemporary, just too late two thousands, um, and the cars they're driving. It it's, it just feels very late two thousands because they're driving like like a freaking like like SUV Jeep hybrid thing. Mm. But um, um, but I can't tell where this movie takes place. I would assume. The U.S. I guess that dude is from Jersey, so I guess around. I guess well, well I imagine well, all the vampire LA, hunters. So. All the vampire hunters seem to be American. The it doesn't look like L.A. It looks too. I'm, I'm sure it was actually filmed in L.A., but it looks like they're implying a sort of like New York East Coasty location, just based on like how urban it it feels and how mm. kind of grungy it, it all looks. But then there are things where I'm like, is this supposed to be like Europe? It's supposed to be like London or no, something? And he's like old Victorian houses. Like, well, he's the Confederate flag, I guess. So, well, that okay, yeah. So okay, so the bar, so that the bar is clearly America. But then, like, I don't. But then, like, yeah, the scene you're describing where there, there's the there's the pure blood who's captured who's having this history explained to her. That was where I was like, is this supposed to be like a house in London? Because that always feels very British. So he gets interrupted, uh, explain the history of vampires to her. We knock on the door, and he says, "Like, ugh, I hate my monologue gets interrupted." That's like oh, in the dialogue. Lay Scott just just jacking one off. Such a good line. <laughs> Such well, a good speaking line. Well, speaking of which, speaking of which, oh yeah, there's a scene where I totally thought someone was jacking off to this scene. Is when one of the girls explained uh, what how she made her gun. He looks directly at the camera oh, and says, "Oh, well, this yes, gun uses uh, point, titanium she, components to for my bolt That is such such a fucking tell, such a fucking tell, man. Women, they don't respect me for my knowledge of film and my knowledge of weaponry. <laughs> I really wish a girl told me about her guns. That's my <laughs> kind of woman. 
<laughs> Tell me more about your guns. <laughs> uh, so, um, that's a, so. Uh, what? Hookah vampire then basically comes in, and says like, "What the hell, man? You're trying to, you're gonna break the pact. We're trying to turn this pure blood into a vampire." He's like, "I don't care." And then so we then cut back to Chris, uh, Christina, rather not Christina, Gail. Uh, Wait, who's who's Gail? Not Gail. <laughs> what is her name? Gracie. Gracie. <laughs> whose sister? Who Abigail, the sister from earlier, has has gone missing. And she's a pure blood too. This is Abigail, the sister. Yeah. Uh, Gracie heads home to be find out that a- Abigail has been kidnapped because turns out that both Gracie and Abigail have been like are both pure bloods, mm-hmm. so they're both in danger or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she gets really angry about this, and then uh, cuts it. Chapter five: Gracie's revenge. Again, totally dropping the ball on this. So. So that means that they're both the descendants of Dracula, um, which would be interesting territory to explore for character motivation. Like, mm. why do we become vampire hunters? Well, we are the descendants of the ultimate vampire. There, that could be really interesting. No one brings that up. No, no one ever brings and that, that gets up. Weird. It's, it's like, oh, they're pure when bloods, the and that's why they're real, in danger. It gets a little weird, but we'll get to that. The, but, um, they're pure bloods and they're in danger, but no one ever says, "Oh, wait, so you're actually the descendants of, of Dra- Dracula." But no, no, that's never brought up at all. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're now at chapter five. We see Rufus and Helsinger talking as usual, doing talking about whatever, and suddenly Gracie peers out of nowhere, and it's all you know, pissy and angry about her being Abigail being kidnapped, and thinks they're part of it, but they're like, they don't know what's going on. She's so like, I'm gonna run off. She walks into the bar. She's got two guns. Well, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Before that happens, let me rephrase. Before, that. before the bar scene happens, is someone is a porn scene before that, which is uh, Alex, that vampire that was the movie star from earlier, uh, is working for them oh, right. and snuck into the Countess's lair to right. She's she turns themselves. out she yeah she's trying to to get info from the Countess. Uh, she fails horribly. Instead, actually gives info to them about the hunters. So, yeah, good job. Yeah. So then Gracie then shoots up a bar full of innocents. She walks in. What's the thing she says? The like the guy at the bar is like, oh, it's like you're looking um, for someone, and she's like, yes, revenge. You're looking for something? Yeah, revenge. And, and then just starts blasting people away in a bar in what in the real world would be a horrific, horrible, uh, horrible mass sh- a horrific mass shooting incident that would be all over the news and we would forget about in a week because unfortunately these things just keep happening. But like she like, but yes, this would be a horrific incident of uh, of of mass violence that you know just sort of yeah just happens and we just forget about <laughs> so it's it's pretty yeah it's it's, it's and an actual guy and a, and a human she kills a human what do you expect what's gonna happen shooting up a bar yeah. oh no i killed someone whoops like what do you you're expect? In, you're you're in this bar with confederate flags clearly everyone in here is a, ra- a vampire. racist vampire oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? Wait. Oh, hold on a sec. You mean that there was a guy in here who thought it was just a bar with Confederate flags? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I guess everyone here was a racist vampire, probably. So you know, <laughs> it's no big loss. <laughs> <laughs> but 
bunch of racist vampires. Oh no. But uh so Well, I mean I mean these are all the these are the vampires that Abraham Lincoln fought against. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That these is are the act- southern vampires. These are the southern vampires that just want to, you know, claim they want to preserve their heritage. Their, wink, their, wink. their, West, their, sub, their southern vampire her- heritage. Mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. These are the guys who keep, you know, all the Confederate statues up. And, uh, you know, Gracie was just, you know, finishing the job of Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. Definitely. For sure. But uh, so Helsing and Alex talk again, but like fucking who cares? Who cares about this relationship really, though? Uh, Alex is all like, I-, I have to go back to them because I can't control myself anymore. And Helsing's all like, yeah, okay, I guess that, that sucks. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. That's basically what it is. Yeah. So then Gracie comes back to the base and tells them You know that- what's awesome about having characters who act really cold and emotionless to everyone? Yeah? It really gives you a sense of the stakes of the situation. Mm. I like that. That's very funny. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Gracie comes back to the base and tells them she's been bitten because she murdered a bunch of people in a bar. And one of them got to her before she could kill. I love when she says that. Uh, the guy from Jersey says, "Oh shit!" and immediately po- tries to shoot her. Uh, nothing comes of that. Oh yeah, it's we. It's such an insane reaction to that too. No, no, no. I mean I, that that reaction kind of makes sense to me, but nothing comes of that. Uh, yeah, that is that that fact that she was bitten and is about to become a vampire. Is she though? I kept waiting for that to come back. It never came back. I guess it was. They don't, never they don't, brought really, up again. They don't really ever discuss how one someone becomes a vampire in this universe either. So I don't even know. But I mean, his reaction demonstrates yeah. like, oh shit, you're about to become a vampire. His reaction actually made sense to me. It was stupid, but like, it made sense to me. But it never comes up again. No one ever references the fact that she's about to become a vampire, and she doesn't become a vampire no. before the movie ends. It obviously really happens when you think about it, but <laughs> it nothing happens. What the fuck? In a zombie movie, when the person gets bit by a zombie, that becomes, like, the central point of tension for, like, the remainder, for, like, yeah. for at least the next, like, you know. That like, tends to be the crux know. of the ending of the film. It's normally the main that, character gets bitten or whatever. This is, um, what's the, um, what's the Korean zombie film? The one that's, like, um, shit. I wouldn't know. You know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about, right? 100% sure. There's quite a few I know of. Um. Uh, well, the, the really famous one, the one where they're on a train. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, I know what that one get... is then. I don't know the name of that, though. I forget what. I think it's named after but the, the zombie the, movie the on city. the train. The, I think it's named after the city where they're trying to to get to. But um, that one, just edit in the name of the movie here. Uh, that movie is called. Jeez, John, I can't believe we forgot this film. It's called a Train to Busan, obviously. Um, but um, the um. But yeah, the 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 moment when the the guy who's been backstabbing everyone, the moment he gets finally bitten by a zombie, it's like that becomes the the big final battle, the the crux of the tension at the end of the movie is that he's turning into a zombie. That's how this always works, and the same with vampires. So, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 
everyone sort of leaves off to go fight the countess now. But uh, Rufus and Gracie stay behind for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly they'll, the, the, the men in suits from way earlier ago all show up, along with like the, the second-hand vampire guy. They're all working with the countess now for some reason, even though yeah. they previously stayed, they had different allegiances. They're just working for them now. They're apparently partners. So they fire whatever, and then they, they of course, die. Because, I mean, right. yeah. Chapter 6. Uh, Bathorley's Lair, or whatever, however you say the, her name. Oh, Bathorley. Oh, yeah, what the fuck was it? It wasn't Bathorley. Oh, I'm looking that's... at it right now. It's B-A-T-H-O-R-L-Y-S. So I don't know, Bathorley? Oh, Bathorley? Beth... Wait, wait, O-R-O... B-A-T-H-O-R-L-Y-S. L-Y-S Orless. Bathorless? Bathorless? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. The final fight happens, though. Everyone just keeps calling her the Countess, hmm. so... The name of the chapter is Bathorless's Lair, though. But, yeah. So the final fight happens. Uh, Christina and Abigail... Christina is the fiancé from earlier. Abigail is the sister. Are both vampires now. And they both get shot in the head. By the respective, respective people yeah, yeah. trying to save them. So Gracie shoots her sister boyfriend shoots his Fiance, girlfriend yeah. uh, Rick boyfriend stakes yeah, her in the heart but Gracie can't bring herself to stab her look at this change in character growth Whoa, before Rick couldn't but now he can and Gracie and the, good but now she can't and I forgot the boyfriend was in the movie until <laughs> this scene and then it's like he's just there he's just one of them there it's like dude hasn't killed any vampire what's absurd is that during the scene where they're talking they're fighting their respective counterparts there's like a bunch of fight scenes happening on but they're not really they're not they're not really affected by any of the other fights in the scene they're, and and they're not so much fighting as just sort talking? of flailing yeah. at each other there's so many scenes this time where like they have a gun pointed at a vampire and the vampire doesn't even attempt to get out of the way or fight back and sort of accepts it getting shot in the head all the gunfights in this movie have the feel of a of a scene from an Uwe Bowl film. Mm. Uh, so this is like probably one of the shittiest fights yes yet in this this whole film is the big Which final is scene something because it's a bunch of flailing around. They're sort of shooting randomly uh, at the wall. Basically, the vampires are somehow dodging them. It sucks. It's garbage. The countess finally shows up and zaps Helsing. And uh, starts choking Rufus. She zaps him like the Emperor from yeah. Star Wars. She zaps Ow, him with nice. green lightning. Zap, zap, zap. Green lightning. Oh my god. So while, I forgot. So yeah, about while we count to choking Rufus, Christina comes. Not Christina. Uh, what, what is her name? Gracie. Oh, uh, yes. Gracie. Be, uh, You're having trouble with this one, my goodness. I wrote Christina and Gracie interchangeably on my notes uh, by accident i was, wasn't paying attention but so uh gracie begs to take her life instead and save rufus but then rufus is like actually but what if i was dracula and he and he becomes dracula yeah which is confusing because i like how he was pretending to be choked earlier because then countess tries to use the magic on rufus but it doesn't work anymore because he's dracula he does have one decent line in this scene where when he reveals he's uh, Dracula, he he um, the countess uh, like makes some references like at last we will like, you know, like have the power of Dracula dreamed of. And, and he goes, you you speak the name Dracula, you, you do not bow in his presence. And 
like. And I guess I think the something we neglected to mention is that it was it's been believed that widely believed that Dracula was killed, mm. but all anyone knew for sure was that like he probably went to hiding. So this guy was Dracula in hiding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Brindle deal that Helsing made of Dracula, which I forgot. I think we forgot to mention, but the. Uh, Yield. I think this is. I think this is literally where it's explained. Yeah, made a right. Made a deal, with Dracula, that um, uh, under what like the oath of God or whatever, he can get a second chance and live as a human to fight the, the creations he's made. So you know, yeah. And Dra- and Dracula has embraced a a philosophy of killing all the vampires of um genociding the inferior race and so geez, to speak. Dude, your name's dracula and the best thing your name come up is your sort of like human name is rufus king that's the best name you can like come up with rufus king as your hidden vampire name your secret dracula rufus name king. rufus i guess rufus king is actually does actually say i am dracula actually when when you switch the words around the letters Oh, when you switch around? Oh, so, is that what? Is that how no. it is? Okay. <laughs> no. Well, maybe. They, oh, there's no D. There's no D yeah. in there. Rufus King is I am Dracula, though. But, um, so yeah, Dracula then kills <laughs> the Countess in the past. This is a weird scene where then it cuts back to... This This doesn't make sense. Yeah, they, like, they mind melt and... They're in the past now. They're in the past at, at, at the moment when the Countess asked Dracula for... To, like to make her a vampire but then instead becoming and... making her a vampire he just kills her but they're still in the past i guess it's, it's some weird so... mind melt thing <laughs> i i don't know but anyway he turns into a goofy monster it's such a good goofy monster it's so stupid looking he's like stop 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 with his stubby little feet and he's got these like dork stupid little wings that like don't like that fail to extend they like they pop out from the costume and they don't they they like the little hinges don't roll correctly so they just kind of go <laughs> eh, like halfway out and he's like a gross he's a gross uh creation of god he lo- it looks so so goofy so yeah dracula kills the countess she's dead now her like skin burns and she becomes a skeleton i will say the the helmet he is wearing as a human like as a like the the big the crazy knight armor he has on where he takes off the helmet mm. to reveal that like oh it's him that helmet is is boss really that, i thought his outfit was fucking stupid i actually I thought, thought it was that, dumb. that night it looked i thought dumb that night outfit actually looked pretty i thought that night outfit actually looked pretty okay whatever i, I actually dug that <laughs> uh also alex turns i thought that Hel- like the, the cloak was kind of nothing to speak of but mm. that helmet did look kind of cool after this happens, Helsing is still being dead from lightning, and Alex turns him into a vampire, which is an ongoing plot line we forgot to mention because who cares? Uh, Helsing is now a vampire. Uh, Gracie is not a vampire. Oh, right. Yes, we forgot about that. Yes, Helsing was. Rufus is Dracula. Helsing's a vampire. Loves. Gracie's not a vampire, even though she got bitten. Uh, the, whole, the whole hunter group doesn't really care much about this whole scene, really. Yeah. Helsing's now a vampire, and. The ultimate vampire hunter turns out to have been Dracula the whole time. I presumably every single hunter's whole like opinion on the world has been completely shattered, uh, as nothing makes sense anymore. 
And uh, that's the end of the film. We don't get any reaction from them, to be fair. They all look sort of confused. (laughs) They're just sort of standing there like, huh. Huh. Yeah, what? Okay. So time for lunch? And that's the film, everybody. Do you recommend this film? No. No, it's really boring. No, I don't. It's really... I will say this. It is one of the, sadly, one of the better Asylum films we've done, unfortunately. But that's just because we've the last ones have been so boring sure. and such shit. I in at terms least of wasn't like quality of like I guess uh, filming. It felt very. It felt very like sci-fi original TV sure. series. It felt extremely. Still, it's not released the level of like King of the uh, Ants or whatever. But yeah, not on that level. Not on that level. And it's certainly not as entertaining as say like Bloody Bill mm. or The Source. It's, it's up there though. It's 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 one of the better films we've seen. The last five films we watched. Mm. Well, yeah, of the last five of the last five, yes, it is sadly one of the better films. Although I would probably rank that Exorcist ripoff we did above this one sure. for just pure stupid enjoyment. This one was just boring, and there were Which, like, hey, Lace Scott like, also did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the the exorcist yeah. one oh so what political leanings can we pull mm. from that is he catholic I, do we maybe, think yeah i don't know i don't know no nah, i no nah, i think he's just he's just he's just a he's a dorky he's a film dork sure. and he saw the exorcist and was like i could do this yeah oof uh, that film was a slog to get through to be honest I actually was pretty okay with it. Mm. The the last few were such logs, like Hillside Cannibals uh, and The Exorcist. What were such logs? This one, I was like, okay, I don't really know what's happening, but well, this I'm film is at least this film, engaged somewhat. This film is like it's over an hour and twenty minutes of pure exposition and yeah. pure dialogue, and dialogue you don't really and understand or get scenes. because it, it all feels like something that. I guess again, it feels like something you should already be known. No, like, I feel like this is where my, no. I feel like this is where my years of reading bad fan fiction came in handy for me because this was just for me. This was just like watching fan fiction. I'm like, oh okay, I I know where I know what's what's happening. I I'm familiar with this territory. I know what ground I stand on. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, that's the film, everybody. <laughs> uh, up next, I believe we're watching uh, Frankenstein Reborn. Which is also is this another L.A. Scott film? Yes, and also one that we missed because it's not on the Asylum list. I had to go. I had to oh, go seek it's, around. It was, and wow! I so it, it. it wasn't. Go- it wasn't even good enough for the Asylum to list on their thing. Yeah, that's. But cold. it's it's spooky and Halloweeny, so it'll it'll fit quite well in this month of terror we're having. Well, folks, uh, uh, hope you enjoyed. And remember to write in Lay Scott for U.S. Senate uh, in California this <laughs> November. Uh, let's let's get these uh, Pizzagate pedophiles. Ugh, please don't. <laughs> I retract that statement out now, please. <laughs> if, if, if it's not clear, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, however, if you do want to write something in, please write in to enter the asylum podcast at gmail.com. 
tell us how much you love Lay Scott's political platform at Enter the Asylum Podcast at gmail.com. Share with us your Pizzagate conspiracy theories. Tell us all of the ways in which Hillary Clinton and her crony demo uh, rats uh, have uh, poisoned our political system. Share it with all of us. Uh, we won't read we it. We won't but, read it on this sure, podcast. <laughs> but share it anyway. <laughs> and we'll laugh at you. We'll laugh at you. We'll have a great time reading your email, I promise. All right. Uh, that's a podcast, everybody. Bye. Bye.